Welcome back to Resident Strangers. I'm Sarah Shallow, and in the studio with me is Steve Ingram and Rich Holland. Today is going to be a great episode, um, but just a warning, it's not our Halloween Part 2 episode. No, it isn't. (laughs) Uh, But we are going to be getting into some, maybe maybe, uh, we could say scary, maybe unsettling, maybe misunderstood. I don't know. There's a lot going on. All of the above. Yeah, when it comes to angelology. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. I'm going to go ahead and jump right in. We're back in our doctrinal statement. This is linked in our show notes and it's on our church website. This is number nine. It says Satan is the fallen angel Lucifer. He is the arch enemy of God and man. He is a deceiver, liar, and a murderer who masquerades as an angel of light in order to deceive. And so we decided to talk about angels because really angelology and demonology all kind of tied together because they're kind of the righteous and the unrighteous of the same being. So we thought that's what we'll do on this one. So Steve, before we get into it here, I I think it's important to ask a question. Um, So we're, you're getting ready to, to say a lot of things about Satan and about angels. And one of the things that I've noticed that might be an issue for a lot of people is that it's difficult to um, put together all the information that's in the Bible, right? When we talk about a lot of the other doctrinal statements, there are clear statements in Scripture that say the things that we want to know. They, it answers our questions. But it's almost, and maybe, I don't know, you tell me if this is a good or bad way to say it, but it's almost as if the Bible's treatment of, uh, to a large degree, of Satan and, and angels, it's sort of in passing. Yes. It, it's like in the background, it's mentioned, but we don't have nearly as many passages that are super clear and just say what we might want to know about Satan and about angels. So no, where's you, the part where Satan has devil horns and a pitchfork <laughs> and a tail? I don't think that one's in there, Sarah. It's not? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, I was hoping I, you could tell me where, but... <laughs> I think most Christians actually get most of their demonology for yeah. sure from... Culture? The, the culture yeah. and Popular the, entertainment. the move, movies yeah. of our day than they do from the Bible. And so that's why, to me, it's a very important subject. Uh, you're right. I we're they're not major passages that tell us great pieces of information. It's little bits here and there, because I don't think God ever wanted us to be focused mm-hmm. on right. angels. Uh, right. In fact, as it says in Hebrews, they're just ministering spirits. Right. But that's not to be our focus. And yet, obviously, if we want to understand the Bible, they're there. So we want to be able to call together what we've learned about them. Right. So I guess you're saying that there are some really important things. I mean, after all, we wouldn't have it in our doctrinal statement if there weren't some important pieces. But at the same time, I think what you just said a second ago, that resonated with me, that the the quantity of information in Scripture about Satan and the angels— should serve as sort of a limiting parameter on how concerned we are, how much time we spend thinking about it, how central these ideas are to our own theology and practice as Christians. Yeah, you put it exactly right. You know, they're, they're not central, but they're mentioned because they're real. Right. They're, they're part of what's going on. I think one of the things that we understand in Scripture is that there is a spiritual dimension to our world 
that's going on around us and that angels and demons play a large part in that but that really isn't our central focus our central focus is living in this life knowing jesus sharing jesus doing what we are to be doing in the realm in which we live as this other spirit world plays out and uh, i'm sure one day we will understand it a lot better right so a couple of things about and why we always tie angelology and demonology together is that satan is our best understanding from scripture is that he is a fallen angel so if we can understand what angels are what they do it gives us a little bit of a sense of satan his limitations uh maybe what abilities he has and so i always like to start with the with discussing angels i would be remiss if i didn't start it will be in the show notes uh sarah is so good about that (laughs) uh the book angels elect and evil written by c fred dickison Uh, he was a professor at moody bible institute for many many years um and I actually had the privilege of actually sitting under him in his class. And so if I didn't mention him, I would, uh, I, I would really be remiss because he taught me a lot. He, um, and I love the fact that he always focused on angels first because obviously they're, they're good, they're righteous, they're holy. And so what do we know about angels? Well, we know that they're a distinct creation of God. You look in this in Psalms and 148 and all creation that sings, and part of that is the often they're referred to in the Old Testament as the sons of God, and they, and they they sing out. Now, one of the questions that sometimes is asked is when were they created, and that is a great question. <laughs> well, before you answer that, um, so I think again under getting ideas about angels and demons from culture does that mean when people die that they become angels oh no. yes that's right uh yes and, they do and when a bell rings we get our wings <laughs> right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> well no but seriously i just, think just you know, kidding do i have to say just yeah kidding? i was gonna say maybe clarify but no i mean oftentimes i mean i know steve you've talked about this like you'll be at a, a funeral or a memorial service and it'll kind of people will say something like i know you know, grandma's looking down on us or whatever. Yeah, which is kind of creepy. Isn't yeah. It? Well, yeah. it's better than saying looking up, yeah, you know, but you're totally right. I mean, people have that idea. I had forgotten about that until you just said this. They, people have that idea that uh, when we die, we become angels. But Steve is correcting that. No, angels are created beings yeah very very much a distinct creation of god just like the world is a creation of god man is a creation of god angels were were created by him so uh psalm 148 says praise the lord praise the lord from the heavens praise him in the heights praise him all his angels praise him all his hosts praise him sun moon praise him all the stars praise the highest heavens the waters from above everything in creation is to praise the lord well the angels are part of his creation and we're not exactly sure when they were created uh job 38 uh god talks about uh that they were there at the beginning of creation so he says to job 
were you there when I sunk the bases of the earth or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning star sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So we take from, again, Job 38, that they were there at the creation of the world. So though we don't know for certain, God could have created them before the beginning of the world, but most likely it was early on that first day of creation, or perhaps it was earlier in in time uh, before the worlds were created. But they were they're created; they're a distinct creation. One of the things that we know about them is they don't procreate, so they don't create amongst themselves. But God uniquely created them, and He created them as spirit beings. Uh, they don't possess you know, flesh and bones like we do, yet they can appear that way. We see that in scripture. We see um, them showing up. You think of um, in the Old Testament when Gideon was there and, and the angel of the Lord shows up and he can see him, in fact, make some food. Uh, we see mm-hmm. that with Abraham, but then they they disappear. And we also see that God creates them with uh, not all the same. So some with different responsibilities. Uh, we've looked at, we're in the book of Revelation, we see the cherubim who are before the throne of God. We see the uh, ones uh, there who, it says the angels who stand before God. Gabriel was one of those. Uh, we, we read about um, Michael, the archangel. So angels who have different rank, who have different authority, who have different responsibilities. So God created them distinctly. But what we most learn about angels is there in the, in the book of Hebrews, that they're ministering spirits that God sends to accomplish his plan and his will. So there's a couple questions that are jumping to my mind, Steve. Um, One is I've heard people say that they, let me say that differently. I've heard people make a big deal about some of those distinctions. It sounds like you're using the word angel to, as a generic term for these beings that have, that are, and there are distinctions among this group. So like I've heard people say that cherubim are not angels. They're something else. Do you, have you heard this before? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, to be honest, I have not. Okay. I, I, I've, I've always, I've all, I've always been taught before. that these are just different classes of angels that right. God created uh, with different you know, one of the things that we often forget about God is that God is a God of order mm-hmm. and that God is a God of of rank, that God is a God of position. And so we see this in, in creation, even in putting uh, man over the earth, right? Rule and subdue it over the animals. There's, there's rank, there's position. And God gave him that. Well, we I think we see that in the angelic order, uh, where God created angels with with different places. Uh, we read there in Ezekiel, I believe it's Ezekiel 28, when he's talking about Satan who fall, he called them the anointed cherub. Yeah. Uh, so there, there seems to be these, this rank, this order that they do his bidding. We also kind of see it in the demonic world uh, where there seems to be uh, remember the story where Jesus talks about, you know, someone has a demon cast out and he cleans up his life, but 
the spirit returns with seven angel or seven other demons mm. more more evil, more powerful than him. So there seems to be this this system of rank and order of which God created the angels to do his bidding. Uh, some are there to praise him. Some are there as his messengers. Uh, but they were they were all created by God, I believe, at a single time. Uh, what we understand is that they were created holy. Uh, obviously, it appears that they were created, though, with the ability of a will mm-hmm. to be able to choose because we would see in Scripture that uh, in Isaiah uh, that— Satan himself was the one who was maybe the greatest angel, the most powerful angel who had been created. And he chose in the rebellion of his heart to rebel against God. In Isaiah chapter uh, chapter 14, and it says this, he says, How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, sun of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth. But you have said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. And we see that as a reference to, even though he's talking about the king of Babylon in, in the local context, but in a bigger context, referring to Satan, who wanted to be worshipped as God. I mean, I think that's what we see in, in the whole garden thing. He has rebelled. He wants to be worshipped. He wants to be followed. And, and so the ability to be able to choose. Uh, there's one scripture in the book of Revelation. I believe it's chapter 12, verse 4. It talks about Satan and his tail sweeping a third of the stars of heaven. Again, we can't be definitive, but many people have have taken that as a reference of when Satan fell and rebelled against God, that maybe as many as a third of the angels chose to go and to follow Satan. So they they have the ability to... uh, for a will. Uh, I, I think it was one of those, you know, it gets kind of into the question, well, could they still choose to rebel if they didn't before? I think it's probably they choose to follow God. They f- chose to follow Satan. That decision was made. And now the holy angels do the work, the bidding of God. And the, the fallen angels, or we would refer to them as demons, are the ones who now follow Satan and do his bidding and his work. So two quick questions. So does this mean that angels and demons are no longer being created? And then does it also mean that angels, I don't want to say can sin, but because if, do you get what I'm asking? Like if, if yeah. an angel could say, I don't want to do what God is saying. Yeah. So and that's the, Steve, you just made that point a second ago. You went past it pretty quick, and that jumped out to me, too. And I think that is important to emphasize. So you're saying, Steve, that there was a moment, since they're they're created with a will, they could decide. You're saying that there was probably a moment of decision for them. And some 
decided to rebel against God and some decided not to. Is that? That is what I believe kind of the totality of scripture, yeah. uh, that there's no repentance on the part of the angels. Uh, they chose to rebel. They chose to follow Satan. And that choice was confirmed upon them without a point of of ever looking back. And I think in the same way, those who chose to continue to follow after God were in essence confirmed in that holiness. That decision was made and they seem to, uh, you don't see anywhere in scripture where there seems to be a continual falling away or, a, you know, somehow the, you know, they're enticing them and picking off holy angels one at a time. Mm-hmm. Or the holy angels are winning back. Right. It, right. It, so it, what's done is done. It, what's yeah. done is done. And, and the, then are they being further created, demons and angels? Yeah, that, that was, that, <laughs> I mean, because early on you talked about, you used the phrase that they don't procreate. Uh, and I'm, I'm with you on that. But maybe if, could you say another, a couple of words about that and about whether or not they're. So are they more. eternal beings? They, they, they the angels appear, and demons. They appear yes. to be eternal beings. Uh, they're going to certainly be in the future because we're told that we will judge the angels. So that's in our future, uh, in, in whatever is coming in, in the life to come. So it again, scripture is somewhat silent. You know, there's no one passage you can go to, but it appears that they were created at one moment of time, and that part is done and that they we know they're not procreating because jesus specifically says that but nowhere in scripture do we get the idea that god continually creates new angels though we could he's god right right but we don't have any any hint in scripture uh i would say you know the best understanding is creation took place at one point. Yeah. So when you talk about them not procreating, I'm assuming you're referring to where Jesus is talking, uh, like in Matthew 22, um, he says, "For in the resurrection, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like the angels." Yes. Is that yes. That that seems to be the understanding. And so with that, with that kind of background of angels being created, created in holiness, that Satan rebelled at some time, obviously prior to um, him showing up in the garden. Uh, We don't know when that rebellion took place. We don't know if that took place uh, in the days of creation. We don't know if it took prior uh, of Genesis chapter 1 but that Satan rebelled. Uh, He wanted to be worshiped like God. We read that passage out of Isaiah uh, 14. Uh, Ezekiel 28 is another passage that speaks to the fall of of Satan as the the anointed one who saw that God did and yet turned away from him. Uh, So what do we know then about Satan? Well, he's a created being. As a created being, he is not all powerful. I was just going to ask that question because that seems to be, Sarah, you were talking about culture and things like that. That seems to be one of the things that comes through in a lot of people's thinking is that somehow Satan or the devil is like, has this amazing amount of power, almost like they're saying he's like God in terms of the power he has, but that's not the case. Well, I think you even mentioned, you know, one of the 
back to the who is God, uh, that idea of dualism in, in the universe. Yeah, yeah, the, the yin and the yang. Yeah. The, the good necessitates evil, and there has to be these equally opposing forces. And obviously, I, I don't think that that's correct by the way, in case anybody was wondering. <laughs> Maybe we'll do another episode about <laughs> yeah, we'll that just specifically. Yeah, we go back and talk about that issue. <laughs> yes, and so, yeah, Satan is not all-powerful. He, he can't do whatever he wants to do. He is under the control of God. Uh, you see that in Job uh, when, you know, the whole thing comes up with Job. and so, so God can allow him to do things, can set parameters in that. Uh, but we do seem to see in Scripture that man was given dominion over the earth. But when man fell, he subjugated his dominion to Satan. And so what we read now is that Satan is the god of this age, the prince and power of the air. When you get to the book of Revelation and the seven seal book, I think one of the things that you are seeing is the restoration of the earth back to the rightful ownership, no longer Satan, because at the end of that, he's thrown into the bottomless pit for a thousand years. But now man will rule and reign, obviously, in the person of Jesus Christ, the perfect God man. Okay, so then what does Satan do and what do these fallen angels do? So what did they do? Yeah. They, they are the enemy of God. They are the enemy of God's people. They oppose everything that, that God stands for. They promote uh, demons, promote Satan's program, his philosophy. First uh, Timothy chapter four verse one talks about that. Second Thessalonians chapter two talk about how they oppose uh, God. They oppose mankind. They uh, Ephesians chapter six they're opposing the saints. Uh, so we're told to be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. Why? Because there's an enemy out there. So we got to put on the full armor of God. So he's opposing God. He's opposing the work of God. And in some way in his mind, believes that God can be defeated. I hold to the view personally uh, that I think that on the day of the crucifixion, there might have been that moment in time that Satan thought that maybe he had won. Mm. Aren't we glad the Easter Sunday morning took yeah. place? Yes. You know, and that's Jesus conquered death. Jesus provided through that death on the cross atonement. Satan is a defeated foe. Uh, you read how Paul talks about how God has made a public display of, of Satan and his defeat. And, uh, and so Satan is the defeated foe, but he is going to oppose God. He's going to oppose God's plan. He's going to oppose God's people to the very end of time. Uh, you see this in the book of Revelation. Uh, when you are there in, in chapter 12, uh, where Satan is going to turn on God's people at that point in a horrendous way, because he knows his time is short. Mm. Well, we have so much more to discuss on this. We are coming near the end of our time. I know we've kind of covered a lot of different things within this. So just a reminder, we have an email set up specifically for questions, resident strangers at dscchurch.com. That is also linked in the show notes. So I hope you all, uh, 
<laughs> I was going to say encourage. It's not really the right word. Um, I hope you take some time to think about these things, to study it a little bit more. But, you know, just to uh, kind of go off of something that Steve often says from the stage, you know, this should just only motivate us to live for Jesus more, knowing that there is an evil presence among us. It should only motivate us to live for Jesus even more, to love others well. Well, and if I could just take us back to the book of Job, Job has no idea why he is going through what he's going through. And yet there is, there is this big piece that is being played out in the spiritual world where Job in walking through the suffering and not turning his back on the Lord and not rejecting God, but is standing firm in his belief is giving God great praise and great glory in the spiritual world. And so, you know, I don't know that we always understand why we walk through the things and why God allows the things in our life, but just understand that when we focus our hearts on the Lord and we walk in faithfulness, that God is being honored both here, but there might be something playing out in the spiritual world where, where God is being honored by our faithfulness to follow him with our whole heart. Amen. We'll be back again next week. Thanks for listening to Resident Strangers, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. Resident Strangers is hosted by Steve Ingram, Rich Holland, and me, Sarah Shallow. Our show is produced by Brandon and Brittany Petrie, and again, me, Sarah Shallow. If you like our podcast, please remember to share, subscribe, leave a review, and visit dscchurch.com for more information.